0: Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to the Week 2 NFL Recap here on Monday afternoon. We've got two Monday Night Football games we'll get to tonight, but I'm your host, Ian O'Connor, Senior Data Analyst at Football Outsiders. Joining me, as always, on Monday is Mike Tanier, Senior Analyst for Football Outsiders. Mike, how did Week 2 treat you? Uh, It was a little hairy
1: uh, early in the day. Uh, Things got a little bit weird at the uh, Philadelphia Bar I was hanging out at. Uh, but it, uh, otherwise, it, it, was a good, it was a great weekend of football for everyone, probably, except for Trey Lance,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. You want to expand on that a little bit, Harry, or, or keep yourself safe? Don't incriminate yourself or
1: anything. <laughs> I, 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 I was a good boy. You know, the Giants are now 2-0. There was a Giants game. And we're in southern New Jersey. We're in Eagles territory. But there's no Eagles game it's, they're playing tonight. A bunch of Giants fans colonized the local tavern. <laughs> got rip snorting drunk, were screaming and hooting and hollering at the Giants Panthers game. Yep. Getting more and more rowdy. So that's fine because they get a win and, you know, it, it, it's, it's been a uh, long time. It's been a long time. It, it's for everyone. Every, you know, it, 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 so after the game, they started, two different Giants fans got up on my shoulder, got like way up in my face. Mm-hmm. And like, this is a Giants year, man. You know that, don't you? The giants here, you better get on board. Now I'm not wearing it's not like I'm wearing a Nick Foles jersey. I'm not dressed like you wearing your Packers or galley or anything like that. I was wearing a football outsider shirt and these guys kept coming up, coming up like two of them coming up into my face. Come let me ask you something, Ann. What alcohol does any man drink that makes him want to get this close to another man's face <laughs> and put his hand on his shoulder and start doing that? Like, is it tequila? Is it peyote what is it
0: yeah <laughs> so something that i don't normally drink yes because i don't i i've never wanted to do that either but <laughs> so
1: i didn't start I, I warned the second guy it's like you better back off i didn't start anything if you were there i would have started something yeah <laughs> don't start like my, my 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 young friend here will finish it but you weren't here well, short. i'm i'm home i'm typing typing, and walk through I get a a phone call from my buddy. They had to call the cops on the Giants fans. Oh God, <laughs> the Giants fans had to be removed for their own safety because Eagles fans are
0: coming in. So yep, yep. is
1: about to set in. So
0: there you hey, go. Everybody, everyone stayed safe though. It's good. Glad, glad you're safe as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am a lover, not a fighter. I did not choose violence.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the Eagles. Eagles fans coming in. We got the Eagles tonight uh facing the minnesota it's a huge game and then we've got tennessee and buffalo tonight a lot of fantasy games are going to be decided tonight you know more on monday night than in most weeks past not only because of the two games because they're two big games with a lot of stars in there yeah. and speaking of fantasy you all that are out there watching you can play on underdog fantasy with us you can actually double your first deposit up to 100 so giving away a 300 dollars with promo code OUTSIDER. So even with the NFL best ball season being over, obviously Underdog is well-known for best ball. They do have other user-friendly game formats that are really fun that kind of spice up all the games. could try their Battle Royale, which is a six-round best ball style draft with simpler chances to win than your traditional daily fantasy sports sites where you've got millions of people that you're playing against, hundreds of thousands. You could also try their pick'em games. You can wager on players' chances to go either higher or lower than their projected stat lines. Uh, I've actually got one set up that we're going to go over when we get to those Monday night games that I'm going to play tonight. Uh, But you can do that even in states where traditional prop betting currently is not available. Underdog, they're awesome. They're the fastest growing industry uh, fantasy site around. So join the fun over at underdogfantasy.com or download, I can't speak today, download the Underdog app in the app store and use promo code Outsiders. Again, that will double your first deposit up to $100. You can get a free $100 there from Underdog. So really excited for that tonight. Before we get to tonight's stuff, we got a lot to talk about from yesterday. The top story I think everyone knows, anyone watching, you and I know, the 49ers, Trey Lance goes down. Broken ankle, uh, out for the year. Jimmy Garoppolo is back in the saddle again. What do you think uh, about this 49ers team now?
1: You know, it doesn't really change the outlook of the team much because they go from the 49ers of high volatility, like Lance is going to have higher highs and lower lows, through the middle eh, 49ers where they're going to win with their defense and yak or lose because they are limited offensively and their ceiling's limited. So, you know, it's it's a shame because we wanted to see something new and different and I think that the 49ers wanted to go towards the future with a different look with Lance. Now we don't get to see that. But again, it doesn't it doesn't even change the standings much in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and Lance looked pretty good uh, in the beginning of that game too. For the most part, with Garoppolo, I mean, like you said, you know what you're going to get with him, good and bad. Uh, We really have no idea what Lance is going to be. Garoppolo, though, was good last year. He was 10th in DYAR, 5th in DVOA among quarterbacks that Super Bowl season, 12th in DYR, 11th in DVOA. Nothing sexy, like we've said. You know what you're going to get. It doesn't really, I don't think, with you, I don't think they really have that really high upside um, like they did with Trey Lance. They could, maybe they should be a little bit better because of that, you know, a little bit more consistency maybe. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't really really see them uh, jumping a ton with Garoppolo uh, there. No, he's set up to make a lot of money and in incentives. I saw this earlier today and and kind of pulled some of the numbers. He's got a, up to $500,000 in per-game roster bonuses. 250000 for each game he takes at least 25% of the offensive snaps and another 100,000 for each of those games that ends in a win. $500,000 if he takes at least 50% of offensive snaps in a 49ers playoff game, another 500,000 if he takes at least 50 in the conference championship if they win, you know, it's there's a lot there that he's pretty much guaranteed to get now barring injury because I honestly I don't even know if they have another quarterback on the roster, do they? So he's he's the the guy the whole way, he's going to start, he's going to get those bonuses. So good for him. I think the the 49ers still save a little bit of money from what they would have had to pay him before restructuring all that but uh aside from that really not a ton of positives uh in this change
1: he he gets those bonuses more importantly he gets free agency next year there's that no way
0: too,
1: yeah 49ers are very unlikely and if the 49ers do want to continue they're probably not going to franchise tag him. they probably make an offer so if he comes out of this season with 10 wins uh, and another example of look what I can do as this as this guy, I mean the Indianapolis Colts are salivating right now, like <laughs> oh good, somebody else's unwanted headache of a quarterback. let's spend everything we've got for this guy. I'm being a little silly, but there are yeah. going to be teams looking for a quarterback, possibly for the bridge with a rookie coming in. Garoppolo could make bank next year as well,
0: yeah, absolutely gives him a chance just another chance to prove himself if they make a run that would do do wonders for him, but, yeah, we'll see he said we'll we'll see there um. Yeah, I guess that's really a, really all I can, can say is we'll see. Like we've, we've put out not a ton of upside, it doesn't seem. But we've yeah. seen him take them on a run to a Super Bowl, to a conference championship last year. So only time will tell there. But it really, again, just an unfortunate uh, break, no pun intended there for, for Trey Lance and the 49ers. But uh, they, they'll move on. They're 1-1 one one now. Uh, so so not terrible. There are a lot of teams. But there are some teams who are 2-0. and oh. The Buccaneers are one of those teams. Do you believe in the Buccaneers after what you saw from them? They came on late, a big defensive effort. Uh, we saw Mike Evans just got a one-game suspension. Um, I, haven't seen, I don't know if he'll appeal that or not, but uh, he will be out for this game as of now. Who knows if Chris Godwin will be back next week. I think he was pretty close. Julio Jones was close, did not play, but would think he would be back. But overall, what do you think? They got a big one with Green Bay next week.
1: You know, I believe in the Buccaneers to a point. And I believe in the Buccaneers to the point that nobody in the NFC is categorically stepping up. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Rams are not categorically stepping up. The Packers are not categorically stepping up despite a convincing win over the Bears, Bears. Uh, the Bears yesterday. and And the Buccaneers come in with these multiple avenues to victory. They have a rough game against a tough Saints team. They win with their defense. Okay. In week one, they're not playing particularly well. They win. With a combination of their defense and and some ball control and a couple of big plays, so you know I, I've actually I already jumped by the way on the uh, Packers plus two and a half next week. I already jumped on that yeah. because I think the Packers are going to get that game. Like both yeah. teams do not have any the receiving core they want right now, but the Packers know they have a problem, and it looks like the Buccaneers' plan is to just keep firing the ball deep and hope Rashad Perryman is there to catch it. But overall, I I'm still comfortable with the Buccaneers. I still believe in the Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I've got a a high belief in them in that division, especially. Maybe not in the NFC overall. As you mentioned, Mm -hmm. no one's really run away, but I think some of those teams are going to step up. You know, it's a long season, but Carolina is not very good. New Orleans can still compete with them, I think even after that rough game yesterday. Atlanta? Is gonna to play tough. They're gonna to give them uh, kind of coming to them later. Maybe this year's Detroit <laughs> for me. That right. seems like they're gonna to play tough and hang in there. But I still like Minnesota and Philadelphia better than than I like the Buccaneers. Mm. Um, not saying I don't like the Buccaneers, but just a little bit more. Yeah. Even the Rams with their struggles, I just think they're they're too good to to uh, I guess sputter a little bit for long. Um, yeah. But yeah, I still still believe in the Buccaneers. I don't think they should have much trouble winning that division. It's just – and they are still NFC favorites. When I was looking at the odds for something else, they're still number one to win the NFC. I think – was it Green Bay? Maybe two or three. I forget who was there. Slightly behind them. But I think they've got a good shot. When you got Tom Brady, you know, until until he doesn't have it, uh, it's hard to count them out because we've been – people have been counting him out for so long.
1: Right. And, and defensive players like one to 11 on the Buccaneers are strong. And we don't always look at these, the depth and breadth of the defense as, yeah. as part of it. And most of the offensive line, despite the, the losses at center, still strong for the Buccaneers. So they have a lot of assets there. And like you said, I think four guaranteed wins against the Panthers and Falcons and one already in the bag against the yep. Saints now. So that's going to catapult you to where you need to be come playoff time.
0: Yeah. Uh, staying in that state in Florida, the Dolphins are 2-0 and now. If you ask me if I believed in them after the third quarter yesterday, I'd say maybe, you know, it was a good Baltimore team. After the fourth quarter, though, I I say yes. I mean, I still think they're playing for second in the AFC East, but they're looking like they can make it tough for Buffalo uh, down the stretch. What do you think?
1: That's it. And, and, you know, there are a lot of AFC teams right now who are trying to kind of hide the fact that they're just going station to station to try and score points. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the Patriots are just going station to station. The, the Steelers aren't even going from station to station. They're just going from sack to hope, hopefully a flea flicker works, you know. The Bengals can't get out of their own way. The Chargers, sh- the Chargers don't particularly look pretty good on offense, et cetera. And now you've got this team that's demonstrated the quarterback just has to be okay. Mm-hmm. The quarterback can look pretty bad. Tua looked pretty bad for three quarters. Yep. But here you go, you've got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, this absolute turbocharger situation, and it forces the defense to play you a certain way. And when the defense is forced to play you a certain way, you're either going to score points in bunches over top of them, or you're going to be able to work underneath, 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 underneath because the safeties are running back to chase Tyreek over creation. And when you have that, you're better than most of the other middleweights in the AFC. Yeah,
0: and they've got – You know, a couple of castoffs, I guess, in the backfield, Chase Edmonds, Reed Mostert, who both looked pretty good yesterday. Mostert Mostert got more work and looked good. That O-line, though, you know, last year was 30th in adjusted line yards, 30th after week one. They're going to need to be better. That's kind of, I think, a question mark there. But their schedule isn't super tough. I was looking. They've got games against Cincinnati coming up. They've got two against the Jets. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland in that last game without Deshaun Watson. Houston in another game versus New England. I mean, it seems like they've got a legit shot to get to 11 wins by winning those games. They should win, we would think. And that's without potentially beating Buffalo in one of those two. They've got Minnesota, the Chargers, the Packers on Christmas Day could sneak a win. I mean, I believe in them. Again, I still think Buffalo's the going to be yeah. tough to beat in the division. But I think they could be in good position for the first or second wild card. Uh, I w- would be willing uh, to say that they make the playoffs. I think they just look pretty good. Um I agree. I mean, you it's know, only two weeks. A lot of things can change. But uh, and it was one quarter yesterday that they looked really good. But I'm, I'm believing in them a little bit more. I'm sneaking a, a
1: peek here to see if I can get a look at the playoff props for the Miami Dolphins. So a good example of what you were uh, talking about, like the Bengals game that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looked like a win for the Bengals on the uh, you know in the schedule come it comes out now it looks like a win for the dolphins the dolphins look like what the bengals were in december of last year that's significant um and that's something that you have to that that, you know you have to keep in mind what do we have as the playoff props for the dolphins here are they even on the board did they take them yes is all the way down to 175. not enough meat on the bone anymore at minus 175 to play that but it's worth keeping an eye on us as, as the season goes up and down.
0: Yeah. They maybe have a drop a couple or one of those and drop down a little bit. It's still, right. so maybe we don't believe in them then.
1: <laughs> but. Right. Or maybe when we start talking about seedings or exact order, I might look at the, I'm not going to look it up now because it'd be bad live streaming, but the exact yeah. order trifecta for the AFCs, so you know, bills, dolphins, Patriots, jets Yeah, might be worth, if there's any, move yeah. there. It'd be worth looking at. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and speaking of the East on the other side, and you talked about this earlier at the top, Giants, 2-0. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you believe in them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to believe in the show. Uh,
1: I believe in the rebuild. Mm-hmm. I believe in the idea that this is catapulting the team in a positive direction, okay? But yep. Aaron Schatz was on uh, Twitter earlier tweeting lists of the worst – DVOA teams, two and teams, worst two and teams of all time yep. per DVOA. And the giants were right in the middle of the list and we haven't opponent adjusted the DVOA yet. All right. So they're in the middle of the list, but we're not counting the fact that one of those games was against the Panthers who are horrible. And the other was against the Titans who could turn out to be kind of on the side of horrible when yep. all is said and done here. Um, but the idea that you're going to come out and you're going to win these close games because you're, executing as well as you can, considering your personnel mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you're sustaining your drives and you're stopping drives and you're forcing turnovers and you're doing all those other things for 2023, 2024, when they add talent, yep. I'm excited. I believe in that. I don't believe in them doing anything this year, except getting hammered when they face a real opponent.
0: Yeah. I, I believe in them being better than expected probably, or perhaps exceeding projections and expectations there. But competing for the playoffs, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think there's any shot there. They've they've got some winnable games on the schedule, but they could easily lose to the likes of Jacksonville. I'm not, I don't even yeah. know if I can throw that a winnable game. Jacksonville's look pretty good offensively uh, and but. just destroyed the the Colts yesterday, and we'll get to them, I think, <laughs> later on. But Seattle, Houston, Detroit. Houston and Detroit look like games they, that could give them a fight. Detroit, maybe that's one, too, that maybe is not even a winnable game for the Giants. I mean, they could go in. Uh, Detroit could go in favor to that one. So not a lot of room uh, for the, for, or not enough, not a lot of margin for error for them to make the playoffs um, or to even, but I think they will exceed expectations. And, and like you said, building for the future is kind of what they're going for right now.
1: Right. And they got, they got the Cooper rush Cowboys next week. Yeah. You get the three and O your playoff odds in the NFC really skyrocket because the idea that you're going to be the nine and eight team that sneaks in at that point, it's a possibility. I'm not, Betting it yeah. or anything, but again, that would be an indication of a step in the right direction. And even if they don't, seven wins would be yeah. would be a step in the right direction for the Giants. Yeah,
0: they were what the number one team uh, or were favored in our projections to have the one seed and yep. um, still have a shot. I could see them, you know, even winning next week three and zero. And then like the Panthers last year and just kind of falling apart when they get to the tougher competition, not falling apart, but losing games against tougher competition. Like you said, when they play some really good teams and speaking of the really good team, the chiefs sitting yeah, there at two and zero. there were a lot of questions. People were questioning them saying the bills are the new class of the AFC, which I don't think that's, that's wrong to say, but the chiefs are saying not so fast. They're pulling a the league course. So not so fast, my friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I
0: 100% believe in the chiefs. I think, I think you have to at this point, just act, given their their track record, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Eric bien The defense has been a little bit better, I think, than what we expected. They haven't really been great, even against Arizona. They were kind of middle of the pack, but we ex- expected them to be pretty bad. And just as a whole, they've looked pretty good. And I think the Chargers lost that game on Thursday more than Kansas City won yeah. it. Multiple turnovers, interceptions. If Asante Samuel could could just catch a ball, um, <laughs> that that game turns out differently. Right. So good good player, but yeah, dropped a couple. He should have had. Chiefs still right. found a way to win. You just can't count out Mahomes and, and Reed and them, and they're just they're looking pretty good, even in life life after Tyreek Hill.
1: Right. I, I think the one takeaway is yeah, I do believe in the Chiefs to a degree, and it's like you said, track record, coaching, these things matter. They, they're going to generate wins based on Andy Reid and some of the veterans they have there by not making the critical mistake or coming back from the critical mistake. And we still have to see Monday night's action. But I think the Chiefs-Chargers game demonstrated where the Bills look like they are to everyone else. So it's like the Chiefs might be first or second among the second tier, but it's a tier. And the Bills are on that top tier.
0: As long as the Bills don't come out and uh, yeah. <laughs> lay, lay an egg tonight, which we saw them do last year. They were very high-variance team. They had, what, a 9-6 to six loss to the, the Jaguars last year and right. uh, had those big games. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The Bills, I think, just until they're not, they're the best team in the AFC, and they're pretty far ahead. Uh, they're just very well put together. Now, going to the opposite end of the spectrum, let's look at there's a handful of winless teams. And the first one we're going to talk about, uh, don't think – anyone expected um that's the bengal's what yes. what is your uh fear factor level i guess if you will on the bengal's
1: fear factor for the bengal's is extreme that they could not only lose the season waste the season but damage joe barrow and therefore the future and the franchise joe barrow is on pace right now to get sacked 110.5 times the NFL record, I believe, is 104. It was set by the 1986 Eagles. As my teenage years, I watched Randall Cunningham run a playground offense with, like, no playbook and get sacked 71 times himself. Jaworski another 6,000 times. I forget what it was. Okay. That's what's happening here with Cincinnati. And I was running some, some tape and some film and watching Baldy's breakdowns. Trying to figure out what's wrong with the Bengals offensive line, but the Bengals offensive line is a disaster. It looks like it's a problem with the personnel, a problem with the communication, a problem with the scheme, a problem with Joe Barrow, who's starting to get like these antsy weirdo habits mm-hmm. in the pocket. Um, so you know, again, the issue isn't okay, well, what happens if the Bengals miss the playoffs this year? They've got Barrow and Chase, they'll they'll bounce back, et cetera, et cetera. What happens if Barrow takes too many hits? Yeah. Right, then you're talking about this thing, this thing that we thought was building to something great last year, could fall off the rails very quickly if they can't solve the sack problem.
0: Yeah, and we saw it happen two years ago when he got hurt. When he hurt his knee against Washington, just getting beat up. Then last year, you said beat up. They, the revamped offensive line that was supposed to be so great has has just been awful. Um, you mentioned on pace for 110 and a half sacks. It's 13 sacks through two games. You know, we I think we all expected some regression but definitely not this much. This is like an extreme uh, over-correction off the other side of the road. Like, it's just – did not expect this at all, especially with the Steelers, who we don't expect to be very good. The offense was terrible. The defense was phenomenal. We expected their defense to be very good. But, I mean, Cincinnati crushed them last year, and, and now going into that game against Dallas with Cooper Rush at quarterback, the defense is still good. But a handful of players where they decided just to not block Micah Parsons for whatever reason, again, maybe right. a miscommunication. Right. Um, but it just – you can't it, – it, you would you would expect a lot more from the reigning AFC champions.
1: Right. And Trexel asks, nod to the poor O-line or Joe Barrow not being great in the pocket. Yes. I mean, both at this point. There are times when Burrow does not have a chance. And mm-hmm. Lael Collins is being multiple times spun around in circles by Micah Parsons. Um, and also, like you said, and, and again uh, – Brian Baldinger put a thing on there, and I had, I had already tagged the play beforehand. Micah Parsons rushing free off the edge, unblocked. Yeah, with six pass protectors in the game, six guys blocking for the Bengals, and no one's blocking Micah Parsons on the edge. And Lal Collins is standing there looking at Michael Micah Parsons to his right and being like, "Well, my job is to block this guy." <laughs> and no, and and it is his job. I, I, it looks like it's his job, unless he made a mistake. And no one seems to care. It's not like Barrow's like oh crap, that's happening. I better throw a screen to the other side or call a timeout, or something. And so that happens, but then there are other plays. And again, if you look around, like like I'm I'm grabbing stuff off of Twitter because there's so many people commenting on it. And it's, you know, Barrow taking the snap and suddenly he's Lamar Jackson. And he jabs forward, he jabs back, and he does a spin move and he does all these other things. Like, that's not you. The pressure hasn't even gotten to you yet. Settle down, young man. But that's what happens when ACL injury your first year, lead the league in sacks your second year, 15 sacks already. Even the the, the most cold-blooded quarterbacks get a little antsy back there.
0: Yeah, and another team that's really uh, underperformed so far. You know, not really – we don't think we had super high expectations for them, but a lot of people did, and that's the Colts. Uh, yeah. I think that alert level's through the roof. You talked about Matt Ryan last week being the most uh, under, under – um, unimpressive debut with a new team. They're now yeah. 0-1-1 0-1 against teams expected to be the worst two teams in their division and two of right. the, the bottom tier teams in the NFL. And right. you know, they didn't have Michael Pittman yesterday, but outside of Pittman, they really don't have any receivers. You now I've got a couple really close friends that are Colts fans and yesterday in our group chat just they're like we just, you know, they've got these pieces on defense, a good core, um, and bringing in Matt Ryan, you've know, got Jonathan Taylor, a pretty good offensive line bring in Matt Ryan to be the, the, to solve the problem. And so far he hasn't solved anything. They just getting shut out by the the Jaguars yesterday was uh, a really bad step down from what even happened in week one. And we thought that was pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, everything I said about the Colts was right. Everything I was, I'm calling it now calling my shot. It was right. Okay. First of all, Matt Ryan Is washed. I'm not saying he'll never have a good game again. You come and he has like, you know, a three touchdown game in week six. Don't come running to me. That's not what washed means. It means that week in week out, he does not. He's not able to elevate the players around him anymore in any way. He needs a perfectly clean pocket, which he'll never get because Matt Pryor's his left tackle. He needs lots of targets, playmakers, which he's not going to get because Pittman's the only real playmaker besides Taylor as a running back, etc. And this team is built to spin its wheels. So and all that's going to happen with Matt Ryan this year is he's going to get him the seven wins. Okay. And that's going to get him out of the quarterback, rookie quarterback cycle at uh, the bottom of the league. So what are they going to do? They'll go back with more Ryan next year, or they'll go grab the next guy off of the, uh, the you know, the scrap heap, etc. That's what this team is. And it's interesting to see the Colts media this morning, see the Indy star and these other people talking about how this team has been built properly and doesn't really have focus and direction because that's what they were. That's what they were going into the season.
0: Yeah, and I mentioned the defense. People talk about that defense, but they really weren't projected to be as good this year, and they haven't been. I mean, they were, they were 12th against Houston uh, in DVOA through week one, but they should have been way better against that Houston team with the pieces yeah. they've got. And, you know, we just talked about it. Matt Ryan just needs to be a lot better, and he looks like he maybe doesn't have that capability anymore. Uh, at this
1: point in his career. Yeah, he he doesn't move well at all. Um, And, you know, when he's stationary in the pocket, can fire the ball, he can fire the ball in. But when that pocket's collapsing, you're going to see sacks, near sacks. When he has to move off of his point, it's not particularly phenomenal. Uh, By the way, Leonardo uh, Perez asked a fantasy question, and, uh, yeah, we responded. Our best uh, fantasy show is later in the week, and you're involved in that, right, Ian?
0: Yeah, me and Todd Stracken on uh, Thursdays. We cover the Thursday night game, and then um, on we, we record it all. I think that goes out on Friday morning. The games for Sunday and Monday uh, yeah. will go out, so we're there. Um, yeah, later in the week on Thursday, Thursday and Friday, yeah.
1: we're there after we've seen some injury reports, yes. and things like that for fantasy, and that's why like a demur a little bit. It's like haven't seen an injury report. I could tell you to start somebody, and he twisted his ankle in the fourth quarter. We didn't, we don't know it yet. Uh, to your question, Christian Kirk, they're throwing the ball to him a lot. That's the one thing I will say. They are yeah. on getting the ball to Kirk in that Jaguars offense. So be on the lookout for that, but you'll be back with Tom with fantasy advice later in the
0: week. Yeah. And Christian Kirk's a guy I targeted and I think I got him in every league I, I drafted in has been awesome. Um, I don't know who they play. And the other thing, not the opponents. I haven't looked at those yet, but right. Curtis Samuel has been awesome for Washington. Now, you know, he had, he was 20, 24th or 25th, uh, among wide receivers just two years ago when he was healthy in Carolina, I believe. Um, And so he's got the talent there, and he could be really good. I uh, highlighted him as a waiver wire pickup last week. So uh, they've both been really good. T. Higgins is always good. Join us on Thursday. We'll have all the matchups. We'll have injury reports and everything. Uh, We'll have answers for you there. And I just see Todd Singer pointed out um, Alec Pierce was also out yesterday for the Colts. So they were down Pittman and Pierce. Pierce had a rough week one, dropped a a touchdown in the end zone, but that left them with uh, with Paris Campbell, Ashton Doolin, and – I think they elevated Kiki Kuti. I don't even know if, if he played yesterday, but not a great wide receiver core down in Jacksonville where they've struggled for seems like forever, the Colts have.
1: Jerome Payton is back out of uh out of retirement. Um Pierre Garcon, I think I thought saw him warming up a little bit too.
0: Yeah, he got a couple targets, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Bucky Brooks. Also yeah, kid. we'll
0: we'll move on from the Colts slander uh <laughs> and <laughs> another uh team that's 0-2. This one was a tough one yesterday. It looked like they were cruising to a one and one start, the Raiders. Yeah. How do you feel about the Raiders out there in Las Vegas?
1: I think this is who they are. I think we, in the offseason, we looked at the above the marquee talent additions, Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. And even writing a Football Outsiders Almanac, you know, I overreact a little bit to that. And they're like, well, I mean, that's going to be a focal point of your offense. And, you know, you've got Waller. And you got Renfro and of course you got Max Crosby and they have a good left tackle. And there's all these pieces that you can put in and say, these are your building blocks. And that's what it is, building blocks. Now, it was kind of a freak loss uh, yesterday, uh, but you're going to get freak losses when your team is incomplete, when you don't necessarily have the talent you need across your defense and you don't have the talent you need across your offensive line. So, you know, somebody asked me on a radio show, well, who are you more panicked about the Bengals or the Raiders? The Raiders are a rebuilding team with a first-year coach. Yeah. Yes, it's Josh McDaniels, and yes, they've got these veterans on their rebuilding team, but they can sell this as, oh, we're we're rebuilding the culture, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Angles are the defending AFC champions. They're the teams that have to be panicking. The Raiders are just, you know, well, if it doesn't work out this year, we've got the pieces in place we can make a run.
0: Yeah, and to your point, the offense and you know, the offensive line maybe you know, questionable question marks, but they, I think they still have the potential on offense. Yeah, um, The defense isn't great. They played well most of the game. They fell apart late, obviously, with Kyler Murray running around. I saw a friend of mine sent a tweet that said uh, someone told him that Kyler Murray scrambles around like it like a toddler that stole your iPhone. And it's <laughs> all over the place. Like, I can't unsee it. It is. It's like he runs all over, just kind of like scrambling and Good. avoiding people. And, you know, but he made it work. And the Raiders, they just could not stop him on those, those scrambles and those runs. I don't think – they can keep up with Kansas City and the Chargers for the division, especially after this start. They yeah. should still be able to compete for a wild card spot. But that when you bring in Devonte Adams, um, you're not yeah. just going for a wild card. You're competing for a division. You're already in a tough division. So, that, that's, I don't, like you said, the fear factor isn't super high on them as far as you know overall. And I think they right. still can can compete for a wild card. The Bengals can too. The Bengals can compete for that division, obviously as well. But. The Raiders, you know, the wild card when you bring in the guys they brought in is not your goal.
1: Right. And and that's it. And there's so much football left in the in the AFC. But you I want to see some separation early. That's what you see with Tua and the Dolphins and Mm Tyreek. There's separation and there's a difference from the past. I don't see separation from the Raiders. Heaven knows I don't see it from the Broncos right now. And you're seeing separation in the wrong direction from the Bengals.
0: Yeah. And. We'll move on. Two teams uh, probably don't have a ton to talk about on them, but kind of expected to be 0-2. We'll start with the Panthers. Uh, they couldn't stop Jacoby Brissett and the Browns in week one. A little better against the Giants, but it was the Giants. And that's not going to be good enough. I think Baker has to be better. Completed only 48% of his passes yesterday, but I, I don't think there's much room for improvement for the Panthers.
1: It's three or four splash plays a game total for the Panthers, and nothing else makes sense. Yeah. They have this ability. And, again, because you got guys like DJ Moore – Anderson's obviously a good deep threat, c so you're going to get a spl- – it's like isolated splash play, isolated splash play, isolated splash play, and that's – hopefully that's enough for a win. Well, it hasn't been enough for a win against two bad opponents. So we're, we're kind of still on the mat roll watch because what, what you're seeing is a team that doesn't look ready. Mm-hmm. And of course, why don't they look ready? Because they grabbed the quarterback on July 6th and didn't give him starters reps. Yeah. Duh. That's why they're not ready, so – that's what's happening there.
0: Yeah. Trade for Baker Mayfield and then say, oh, it's, it's a competition. We're gonna They're going to compete when everyone in the world knew it was going to be Baker Mayfield because Sam Donald just isn't good.
1: <laughs> right. And, and they have Iki Aquanu as their left tackle, and they made him compete his way up the depth chart in this corny thing. And, he, you know, he's struggling still. Every starter's rep would have helped. He jumped off sides on fourth and one, like all these little things here. Prepare the guys you need to play, especially when you're a third-year coach who has to show development. You don't have the Brian Dayball. Hey, whatever happens, happens this year. Yeah. You don't have that because you're the one on the hot
0: seat. Yeah, given a lot of money to come in there. Now, another team that should be one and one, probably, or you could say should be one and one, could be two and zero. Oh. Uh, big comeback yesterday, fell late. I called them this year's Detroit Lions, the Falcons. I think <laughs> you know, it looks like they're gonna play tough. Mariota's been able to make some plays. Drake London in his return to Southern California yesterday was awesome. Was huge right. for me. I Actually, started him uh, with the worries of Gabe Davis being out today. Put him in, yeah. and it, that paid off pretty well. So they've looked, you know, they've played tough again, just like Detroit last year. But I don't think they've they've got enough to compete. This not this year.
1: That's it. They're playing tough. They simply do not have the talent. And I did not see the the, the late comeback, but I've seen enough late Falcons cover the spread comebacks over the last four years to know what they look like. And then not necessarily be fooled by them, so you know, wait and see if they develop some guys. Because right now they're doing it all with you know three or four well-known dudes. London is potentially a keeper. Yep, um, but that's it.
0: Yeah, and Cal Pitts has, I think, I saw four catches total uh, yeah. through two games for twenty-eight or thirty-eight yards. Just
1: right.
0: don't know what's going on there. But I mean, they won seven games with Matt Ryan last year. Uh, that's <laughs> not having the worst seven-win team in DVOA history last right. year, but. Yeah, they the, the comeback they all really wouldn't even have had a shot. Cooper Cup fumbled. They caught caught the ball, had a first down, and then fumbled and they got it, so it gave them a wow. chance, but Jalen Ramsey came up with a big interception late. So not much to expect there from the Falcons. So those are the 0 and two teams. We covered the two some of the two and O teams. There's a lot of one and one teams. Who are your favorite? Do you have a couple uh, teams that that you still like that you think are gonna gonna be successful? Uh, either exceed their expectations, you know, they've looked pretty good early or live up to the expectations we had for them initially.
1: Well, I'm not going to write the Baltimore Ravens out just yet um, because again, they were in control of that game with about eight minutes left to play in the fourth quarter yeah. and things went bar. So, you know, I, I think it's a big plus. I, I, I see it as a big plus for the Dolphins and a small minus for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson looked great. The defense looked strong until those late lapses. You only face two at once. You don't there ain't yep. no I mean you only I mean, excuse me Tyreek. I keep saying two of them now like he's like you only face Tyreek once. There ain't no Tyreek on the Browns. There ain't no Tyreek on the Steelers. There, there's one on the Bengals, but you could yep. murder the quarterback before Jamar Chase gets you. You can you can do these things. So that's one team I I, I am I think I'm positive on it one on one. The other is the Rams. You talked about them figuring things out. And like so we had an Allen Robinson sighting yesterday. Yep. Um, you know, I'm not like jumping on any bandwagons yet, but it's, it's just too early to bury this particular team based on getting steamrolled by the Bills and then getting sloppy in goofy time with the, with the Falcons.
0: Yeah. And speaking of you mentioned the Rams, Allen Robinson, I figured I think a lot of us figured they would go to him a lot more this game because all the talk was about the all the work he didn't get in that Thursday night game. But yeah. he scored a, a score to touchdown. Cooper Cup had another big game like them. I agree with you on Baltimore. Had a tough loss, but I don't really think there's any worries there. They shouldn't struggle too much within that division. The, the Bengals could figure things out um, and give them give them a run like they did last year when they won the division. The Chargers, you mentioned them. The season, I think, rides on the health of Herbert. That's pretty obvious. But from reports, they should be okay. It's mostly a pain management thing. They're going to need to protect him even better, though, because you know it, I, I feel like I'm not exactly sure, uh, you know, I'm not a doctor, don't know that type of stuff, but if he keeps getting hit, could get worse, or maybe even break a rib or something something like that. So I would expect them to maybe face a little bit more pressure from defenses, knowing that as well, going to have to protect him. But they don't have a super late bye. They've got their bye in week eight. So they've, you know, still got a handful of games, but I think they'll be okay. They've still got the talent. The defense looked really good. I mentioned, again, Asante Samuel had a couple drops, um, if he's able to to haul in one of those even. Uh, They can win that game fairly easily. We're in control for most of that game, or at least most of the first half, it seemed like, uh, even though I think it was only 10-7. But I still believe in them. Then Green Bay, the offense looked better last night. It was the Bears. Um, But they need to get the wide receivers going more, and I think that takes time. The run game and that running back screen game can have some success, especially with Jones and Dillon. I mean, we saw it last year. Both of them were very good. Right. think they can push Minnesota for the division I still believe division is or Minnesota's the favorite and will win that division but they're starting I think they'll figure it out uh, as they kind of they're, they're bringing the wide receivers along slowly it seems like but Lazard got a touchdown Sammy Watkins looked pretty good last night I think he's gonna gonna be a fairly important part of that offense as long as he can stay healthy but yeah. I, I did pick them to as my Super Bowl <laughs> champion I went with a little bit of a homer pick but I, I just kind of picked them as being that Tampa Bay and Brady's first year where it takes them a little while, but they finally figure things out around their bye late in the year. So we'll see the defense stepped up and looked really good too. So they're one that I'm not, I don't think anyone's really, like we said with Brady, you can't really count out Rodgers at this point. Um, But I I, I like them. Spent a little bit more time than I wanted to on those. But uh, it's it's, it's,
1: you can't write out, with the exception of the Cowboys, without Dak for a while, the one and one NFC teams, you can't push any panic button on them yet because they're all in the same boat except for the – Buccaneers who are sort of like like weaving their way through this. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities for all these teams to kind of reassert themselves.
0: Yeah. And it looks like uh, Leonardo uh, had a good point. He missed the the segment uh, on the 49ers with Jimmy G. We said it feels like the same story every season, at least with Trailer's Mystery. Yeah, that's exactly what we yeah. said, Mike. You said that there were some up. You're going to have your ups and downs with Trey, but a lot more upside.
1: Yeah, it's funny because like, I'll like i do radio shows on Monday morning. It's like, yeah, the Trey Lance injury and what are you talking about. It's like, welp. So, Jimmy G again. Yeah, Jimmy G again. Yeah, we know what that's about. Yep. Let's talk about Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's kind of how we're doing it here because, you know, they're not – even like you're talking about Cooper Rush, you can go back to the Cowboys and say, oh, your season's over. You're – you know, you, you made mistakes. The 49ers, it's a better situation because they can be competitive, but it's but it's not a great situation to talk about because it's the same team we've seen for three or four years yeah. except worse. or not Yeah, a it's a big
0: story, but it's not – yeah. That big of a story, and it's not like that. It was you know Garoppolo getting hurt and a uh, Trey Lance in his rookie year. It's like all right, the, the third overall pick. Let's see what he's got. Like we've seen him a couple times, and um it's just you know kind of know what you've got there. So yeah, yeah, that was was the you hit it kind of right on the head, of Leonardo. So yeah. congrats, you, you you read our minds as well. <laughs> we'll move on now. We'll talk about some coaching decisions because yes. we had some good ones, we had some bad ones yet again. We'll start with the good here. Um, the the one that I thought was the best or one of the best, was Cliff Kingsbury. Got to overtime, making that comeback fourth and one at the Vegas 37. Got Mm -hmm. a chance to go for a long field goal in that opening possession to try and take a three-point lead. Could have done it, but Vegas can still win with a touchdown. A field goal ties that you get the ball back. Maybe, you know, at that point, I think five minutes were left. Vegas drives down, gets a field goal. Maybe you end in a tie. Going for the win, they didn't get it, unfortunately, but it was a sound process, I think, to go for there. And that is a long field goal. You're looking at fifty. Uh, with 55 yards, no right. guarantee there. Um, I think Prater is still their kicker, isn't he? Uh, down in Arizona, Matt Prater. I believe it is still Prater, which means he's, you know we we know he's got a big leg, can make those kicks. Has been around for a while, but but putting it in the offense's hand, especially the way Kyler Murray made things happen in that fourth quarter, uh, commend him for going for it. We've seen him be be pretty aggressive in those situations uh, over the last few years as well. So not too too surprising. But oh. when it comes down to overtime, sometimes those guys tense up a little bit and uh, make the wrong decisions like we will get to when we get to our worst decisions. But that was mine. How about you, Mike? What did, what did you like from this week on a uh, fourth downs?
1: One thing I liked lately, Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts game. I believe the score was 17, nothing. It was fourth and one deep in the red zone. Doug Peterson's known for going for it in these yep. situations decides to go for it here. Routine-looking little touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence to Christian Kirk, who we spoke about earlier. And on the one hand, I don't have the win probabilities in front of me of the difference between 20 nothing and 24 nothing in the second half of a game. It doesn't seem like a big difference. But 24 nothing against that Colts team was the absolute dagger. That's what absolutely takes them out of that game. When they're marching down the field for the rest of that game, they're desperately trying to score touchdowns. They cannot play any kind of field goal games – um, you know the, the the Jaguars can respond by teeing off and taking risks on the other side. So it was a little decision, but I think it was a good one to 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 really kneecap a division opponent by Doug
0: Peterson. Yeah, yeah and you you know there was a, a good little little play too with um with Lawrence rolling out and Kirk was kind of there in the defender. You could tell there was one right on Lawrence and there was another one there that that went after Lawrence should have kind of stayed back with Kirk, but I guess he didn't see him there or thought someone was behind him. But uh, Lawrence went just far enough where it looked like he was going to run and through that. But your point, just the decision to go for it was, was a really good one that a lot of times you see a coach, Oh, we're up 17. Let's kick a field goal 20, you know, at at this point, it's still that point though, it goes from a three score game to a three score game. So there's really no no benefit in, in taking it there. And we saw, um, Detroit went for it on a fourth and goal at the two or the three yard line. They didn't get it, yeah. uh, but they got a safety on the very next play on Carson Wentz. Like that's what, if you don't get it, you're in a super advantageous position defensively.
1: Yeah. You should always do that against the commanders because here in Philly, we call that the safety zone. We don't call it the the deep zone or whatever. It's the safety zone when Carson Wentz has the ball somewhere inside his zone five yard line. Right. Or a
0: pick six as we saw last or, year. <laughs> Just or, the six
1: zone or the pick or the fumble zone. It's the Carson
0: zone. Yeah, it's very good for defenses when you have Carson Wentz backed up like that. So that was good. And we'll go on to the worst coaching decisions. Um, One we'll quickly cover. It was a long time ago, Thursday. Brandon Staley had a fourth and two around midfield. Kansas City, 48, a minute left in the second quarter, up three. Chooses to punt. I get not wanting to give Mahomes the ball at midfield. Only a minute left. The offense is good. You've got Herbert. He got one earlier in the game at the end of the first quarter. Almost the same situation, fourth and one at the 49. Later, he went it on fourth and one from the Chiefs, 18, up three. Could have been situational, like, again, saying not wanting to give them the ball back and give them you know, a minute. You know, we've seen what Mahomes can do and much less than a minute. Yeah. Um, and, but KC had three punts and a touchdown to that point. You still like to see him go for that, be aggressive, especially the way he was last year. Uh, so a little disappointed that he didn't go for it that one. And then – I know uh, there was another one a lot of people have been talking about. I'll let you take this one because we hammered this guy on shows. uh, I guess you and I didn't because it was the Monday night game last week, but Vince and I talked about this on Wednesday on our coach ranking show. So I'll let you take it away. Nathaniel Hackett.
1: Now we haven't finished baking the situational DVOA. It might be up if I go looking at it right now, but the Broncos – goal to go DVOA has to be negative 66 trillion percent right now because they get around the 10 yard line and it's tomfoolery and that's fine I think they'll figure that out but yesterday twice Brandon McManus was sent out to kick sub 20 yard field goals at the ends of drives and the Broncos fans were booing Russell Wilson has been booed more in the last two games at home and on the road then I don't. Th- I think any Eagles quarterback has been booed in the last thirty-five years. Like, yeah. like, it's been amazing. Now, of course, they weren't booing Wilson. They're boo- booing the decision, et cetera. They're booing his team. But the the uh, Texans stayed in the game because the Broncos getting the ball, driving down the field, settled for a total of six points on two drives down there. Now, I don't know what the play calling situation is in Denver. I mean, I'm looking at these plays, and it's like, ah, eh, it looks more like an execution issue. But whatever it is. Nathaniel Hackett has to figure this situation out in
0: Denver. Yeah. And Monday they had two fumbles on the one yard line for the right. first time in what, 30 something years. I think they said oh. hadn't happened in that long. Um, they, they had a delay a game on that field goal too. One of the fourth and goal at the one, they had a delay a game fourth right. and two at the Houston 36, like to the point where the crowd was counting down the playcock for them. I guess <laughs> part, part helpful or to be beneficial and partly just mocking them because right. I guess they don't know where the clocks are and, You know, we talked about last week, you would think Nathaniel Hackett, yes, he's a first-year head coach, but he's been in the NFL. You would think he would learn from this, and we thought he would. He came out. He owned the mistake on Tuesday morning last week. But it doesn't look like he learned from it. Like, is this going to be an every-week occurrence? I feel like maybe he needs to call up old buddy Matt LaFleur in Green Bay that he worked with last couple years and get some advice because LaFleur seems to be very good in those situations, along with guys like Andy Reid, Brandon Staley. We meant, you know, he had a a decision we disagreed with, but overall it was really good and has been good. So – I don't know if it's it's been two weeks now. We'll have to see if this happens again in the third week. You know, I don't don't know uh, if he's ever going to learn at that point. I, I don't know how much
1: learning you can do when, you know, Monday night and then Tuesday you own up for it. And then you're preparing for the game on the next Sunday. And you're in that really heavy duty process while traveling, everything else like that. Some of these things I think involve like the high leverage decision making and getting the plays out there and stuff like that. That's going to take time for them to get right because it's not something you fix on the fly. It's something you might have been able to fix in the preseason if you knew there was a problem, but you're one of the Sean McVay guys. You don't play your starters at all. You just goof off in the preseason, and now you're one and one and, like, everyone's questioning everything you're doing.
0: Yeah, and we'll see. I guess that's kind of my, my thing. I lost rewards there, but but he'll, he'll need to be a lot better moving forward. That offense is going to have to be a lot better moving forward because they just do not, do not look good at all. Yeah. But before we move on to the Monday night football game, just want to remind you about our premium subscription FO plus you can get it. footballoutsiders.com outsiders.com slash subscribe gives you access to some really good premium articles, you get fantasy rankings, our NFL betting picks both against the spread and straight up. Um, just a, a lot available there. Some really good yeah. content available for just four ninety nine a month uh, for an annual subscription. So very affordable um, and a lot of very good information. Definitely worth the investment a lot more, Uh, a lot more content in there than what you pay for there. So, again, that's FO Plus, available at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Now we'll move on to our Monday double feature. I don't really call it a double header because one game kicks off about an hour and 15 minutes after, so we'll call it a double feature. Starting with Tennessee, plus 10 at Buffalo. Total on this is 47 and a half. We all remember last year's game. Buffalo failed on that third down attempt at like the six-yard line, five-yard line, down three late. Uh, Josh Allen looks like he kind of slipped on that one. Stephon Diggs had a huge game, but so did Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Each were over 85 yards. I think Beasley got the touchdown. They're no longer there. We know, I mentioned Gabe Davis earlier, heavily involved last week as expected, but he's in danger of missing tonight's game. So, I mean, it it should – I don't think it's going to be that that good of a game, uh, to be honest. (laughs) What are are you looking for in this game tonight?
1: You think that the the Bills are going to roll or –
0: I do. I think Buffalo, I said this on Thursday, this was my favorite pick of the week. This was my pick in the staff predictions. I think Buffalo comes out, dominates the home owner, home opener because, so like I said next, last week, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the line has crept down to minus nine and a half, which is even more value uh, for uh, somebody who's the Bills. That, that line scares me. That line scares me so I was looking for some kind of money line parlay but 47 and a half scares me because you're right one scenario would potentially be bills 3110 yeah. so there goes that's under you can't go over necessarily another one is they're a little bit you, you know the, the loss of Davis makes a tighter game closer game it goes longer so I'm leaning bills but I I, I would like to see the Davis um, injury report yay or nay mm-hmm. and see where that line is there because if he's unavailable the backdoor cover, tight game possibility is there. And then I might lean tight, uh, uh
0: Titans. Yeah. And, and going to, looking at the Tennessee side, you know, the Rams average less than three yards per carry against Buffalo last week. Yeah. Derrick Henry totaled 89 scoreless yards against the Giants last week, but he ran for 143 and three touchdowns against Buffalo last year.
1: Hmm. I
0: don't think that happens again this year. Uh, I, I think you, you said you could see it being like a 31 10. That's actually. My prediction, I, th- I said 31-13, something like that. I think Buffalo, yeah, cool. I like their their total points. It's sitting at 28 and a half. I like that to go over. And I also like them to hold the Titans to where they under hits. So 31-13 uh, to where Buffalo hits their team total up to 28 and a half. And the game stays under 47 and a half. That total's dropped, though, from 49 late last week when we did our yeah. show. I did it with Tom to, seven, to um, 47 and a half. So it's come down a point and a half since then but I still like Buffalo to go over the 28 and a half uh, cover pretty easily. And it it to stay under overall.
1: Well, here, here's something I'm looking at right now. If you're feeling under, I'm feeling under, under, I think insulates insulates us from injuries, et cetera. You can get the bills money line. So forget the spread money line and under in a parlay at plus plus one forty. Who? So that's not bad. So if it just turns out to just be, you know, 22-13 22-13 to 13 because the Titans slow the game down and it's a mucky type of game. You're insulated against all those scenarios. It might be something I play.
0: Yeah, and I mentioned, you know, Henry, not, I don't think he's going to have a big game, but that is one of the picks. Again, after we cover the second one, I'll go over my underdog pick-em-picks, but I think he he gets in the end zone this week.
1: I want, Okay, let's do the other game. I want your underdog pick-em-picks because you made me money last week with <laughs> Cortland Sutton, so I want yeah. to get that pick. So let's I get think he,
0: what, the, the the yardage went over? He had the, the long reception over 23 and a half. Yeah. yeah he didn't get in the end zone, but I think his number of receptions was over too, wasn't it? It all three were over. Yeah. I didn't play the reception, so I
1: wasn't comfortable with the receptions. I played the longest reception in the yards. Yeah. And then so, sure enough, because that's what you get with Cortland Sutton, normally is the 30 yard catch. Yeah. One or two of those, and then you're set. But the other plays would have come in as well. So it was a it was a very, very good Monday night.
0: It was a, a, good, a good start. I'll get to it on Thursday, but the picks from this week, spread, at least the spread and uh, game picks were not very good. But, yeah, we'll move on to the second one, Minnesota, Philly. Minnesota's two-and-a-half point road dogs at Philly. 49-and-a-half um, point total, another high total in on this one.
1: Yeah,
0: This is the game I'm most looking forward to. I've been looking forward to. I said it last week. Two of the top five teams in NFC Championship odds. Justin yeah. Jefferson and A.J. Brown were both dogs last week. Brown didn't get in the end zone, had 155 yards, though. Justin Jefferson – was uncoverable partly because it looked like Green Bay didn't want to cover him. Uh, I know I heard last night they said Jair Alexander was a little upset because he was wanting to go man to man against Jefferson and cover him, but they played a lot more zone last week. But the defenses, you know, it's got the third highest total of the week. The Philly defense was only middle of the pack in the first half last week against Detroit. Then we're 25th in the second half. Minnesota was top 10 in the first half, then fell to 23rd in the second half, though. That game against Green Bay was never really in doubt. Um Right. But I'm gonna say the offense is on the night again. This one, I like the over. I love Dalvin Cook's rushing line. Consensus is 70 and a half yards. DraftKings has him at 68 and a half. I'm taking the over. DeAndre Swift ran for 144 on 15 carries last week. Yeah. I think they Dalvin. I think went over. Uh, had like 80 rushing yards last week. Um, or over that. I know that Philly defense is supposed to be pretty good, but they gave up a lot on the ground last week. Even in a game where Detroit was down down pretty big. Um, mm-hmm. Also kind of like the skinny Batman, Devontae Smith, to go over 41 and a half yards. Uh, that's at DraftKings. He was one yard. It's one yard below the consensus. They had no catches on four targets last week. I do think they get him going this week, maybe manufacture a couple um, you know, screens or quick, quick slants, catch and runs where he gets out in space and is able to get over there. So overall, though, I still love the Vikings this year. I'm going to take the Vikings as two and a half point road favorites and to win the game outright and take the over as well there.
1: What was the Devontae Smith prop?
0: What was it's a 41 that? and a half yards receiving at, at DraftKings. The consensus is 42 and a half.
1: I, I might, that's very, very tempting for exactly the reasons you said. They're going to be mindful of the fact he didn't get the touches mm-hmm. uh, last week. They're going to put screens and some other opportunities. I like Alan Robinson,
0: like Allen Robinson. I don't like Allen Al Robinson. Like,
1: Look, yeah, we don't want this to become a story here, et cetera, except that like, there's no discomfort about like how good – Schmidt can be because he's played yep. well for the eagles I, I avoid this game i try to avoid betting eagles fans here in eagles country it kind of gets away in a way the heart versus the head a little bit i'm also in wait and see mode about both of these teams that said i do like your idea about the over in terms of the running game i think we're going to see more jordan davis when jordan davis the rookie out of georgia was in the game the eagles stopped the run pretty well <laughs> when it was their variety of other guys because you know fletcher cox comes in and out at this point and everything yep when it was that the gash runs generally were like a lighter box that was in there for the Eagles. So I think that they're going to, uh, they're going they, they learn from that. The Eagles coaching staff tends to learn from these miscues. Mm-hmm. So that might help. So I'd lean, if I was thinking about it Eagles and the points, but again, I'm staying away from it.
0: Yeah. And Mitch, I mentioned the underdog, looks like they actually have taken off the Devonte Smith uh, as a pick now to go higher or lower. So that one comes off, but I'm the ones that I'm going to go with Derrick Henry, I think he gets – he's at uh, 0.5 rushing plus receiving touchdowns. I'm oh. going to go higher. I think he gets in the end zone. Stefan Diggs, I think, catches another touchdown. He's at 0.5 receiving touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, uh, 0.5 rushing receiving touchdowns. I think he gets in the end zone as well. Um, I mentioned his rushing yardage as well, so I'll uh, add that one on there. He's on underdog. He's at 74.5 rushing yards, so we'll take that one as well. And then – Jalen Hurts, 292 and a half total yards. Oh, I like that one as well. So, again, we're expecting points, so some touchdowns there and some uh, Jalen Hurts getting not even over 300 yards uh, total what they've got it at. So I like that as well.
1: You know what happens whenever you play the Derrick Henry rushing and receiving touchdowns prop, right? What's that? He throws a touchdown pass. Oh, God. <laughs> play. So that's that's what you have to be worried about. So you do, do that, but keep in mind that you're begging for – the handoff and then over the top. So,
0: yeah. So hopefully not. We'll see, but I'll play that one. And uh, (laughs) see how we go. The other one, I was kind of thinking about Josh Allen, his rushing props always fun because you know, they, they run the ball with him, but Mm -hmm. he's set at 40 and a half rushing yards. I lean, lean under on that one. Um, But I, it's, it's hard. I feel like some games they just they don't want him to run as much, and this is a game where I think they're not going to need him to run the ball uh, and don't really want – like I said, I think they're just going to blow him out, and I think they're going to let him throw it and use the running backs a little bit more in the run game. But I don't know if I want to add that one in there or not, so we'll, I'll have to think about that one a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, let's table that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> table that
1: one. And they took Devontae Smith off the board?
0: Yeah, they took his receiving uh, – it's not an option for his receiving, receiving yardage anymore, so – Okay. I don't know if that one's going to come back on here or not, but that's a, a little – should have gotten it in before we jumped on here and then just, just told you all <laughs> the picks that we had. But oh well. Wow. So, uh, so, yeah, two two exciting early. One game I'm really excited for. The other one not expecting a great game. But, again, Tennessee-Buffalo played close last year. So, we'll see if we get two Monday night games. So, we're all winners. winners and you get a
1: staggered schedule. So, if the Bills are winning 31 nothing, the other game kicks off – you're not just sitting there waiting, 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 and grinding for that game to end. Yeah. So that's a good that's a good way of scheduling them.
0: Yep, yeah, just be able to switch over and watch a good game. So before we go, don't forget, again, I mentioned at the top, you can get a free $100 from Underdog Fantasy using promo code Outsiders, even in states where that traditional prop betting is not available. They'll match your deposit up to $100, again, using promo code Outsiders. Also, don't forget to sign up for FO Plus at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Get NFL betting picks, fantasy advice, premium stats and articles, as well as an ad-free experience. So That's a, a big kicker for a lot of people, a good thing to have on there. And then last but certainly not least, join us on the Football Outsiders Discord for in-game conversation for every single game. There's a lot of good conversation that goes on in there. And, Kate, you can catch me and Mike again next Monday. We'll be recapping Week Three's action. Mike and Aaron are on Thursdays. Uh, Shots and tenier on, on here on the same platform. Um, we've got, with I think, the data show tomorrow. Uh, is on here. Is that Kale or no, Brian and it's Aaron
1: and Brian Vincent Brian Aaron Brian Aaron Vincent Brian. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, and then uh, we've got the new show on Wednesdays. Well, there's so many shows I forget who's on yeah, what. That's it. Wednesday. That's it.
1: Just come by one o'clock, come yeah. in here and to Football Outsiders or do the YouTube channel. And two or three of us will be in here and we will be injecting football knowledge straight into your brain. Yep.
0: Absolutely. So again, thank you all for joining us, Mike. Thanks for enjoy. Or thanks for joining me as well as you do every Monday. Enjoy that game tonight. Go, go, uh, go Eagles.